It's News Talk KZRG. We are doing a special presentation. You know, a lot of times when it comes to our taxes and to how things are spent, uh, there's a lot of misconceptions and what goes on in our community. And so I figured, well, instead of just sort of uh, not giving you the straight dope, I figured, well, let's do that. Let's bring you the straight information. And these are two friends of mine, and they're part of the Carterville crew. It's uh, it's Alan Griffin. He's the mayor of Carterville. Welcome to this Thank live stream. You. Thank you for inviting us. And our good friend, Chris Hinkle of Hinkle's Ace Hardware and all that good stuff, uh, exclusively right here on the News Talk KZRG uh, stream. And we're going to be Facebook. We're going to be putting this on the podcast as well. Uh, if you're joining us, feel free to share this, etc. because we're going to go through on how our local governments work. And it's not what a lot of people think. And uh, but uh, but again, I think it's important for us to go through it. And thank you both to Alan and to Chris to agreeing uh, to put up with this. Uh, so. <laughs> all right. Uh, Alan, how long have you been on the city council of Carterville? Uh, total about eight years, uh, three years as mayor and around five as a councilman. Chris, uh, this will be my second term as council. I did a partial term fill in before that so, so you're, about five years or so. five five years yeah. or so um it's uh why did you guys punish yourself uh, for doing this job well the way i look at it is it's a public service job it's a you know going in it's a thankless job yeah uh people don't trust government at any level and you know they but my old my my go-to phrase is the only thing uh for good men to do nothing basically evil will abound yes you know? so for the only thing necessary for how did that go uh, you know what i'm saying yes I the do. only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good yeah. men to do nothing, nothing. Yes. well and so. i think there's a lot of people that sit around the around the kitchen table and they have opinions but they don't get involved and um you know and and i think getting involved is not just you know the person that speaks the loudest it's understanding and really learning about it before you know that's i think a lot of times there's a lot of education needed Lots of research, lots of study, mm -hmm. discussion, open discussion, open dialogue. That's why I, I went to the city council in Joplin a few weeks ago when they had, after their first meeting, just basically to give some information about my knowledge. And because it's the same no matter what level of government, whether it's Kansas City or whether it's Carterville, Missouri, the, the principles still work. You know, basically everybody has their own budget. Everybody has... Um, their own responsibilities and my advice was basically let government work at the level let people let the city manager do his job stay in your lane so to speak and as a councilman if it's an issue to one area one ward it's it's an issue for everybody right. bring it out and discuss it all of our governments gang uh, always come to us uh with their handout especially yeah. local governments they're right. saying uh and one of the big concerns that I think a lot of people have is they think that, for whatever reason, transparency is not high on the list of our local governments, whether it be a, you know the city of Joplin, state of Missouri, mm -hmm. our federal government, uh, city of Carterville. Um, let's talk about basic, uh, basic stuff. If the money that comes in. Yes. How much is that earmarked where you guys already know where it's being spent and there's nothing you can do about it? 
let you um, that. She, that she's would our numbers be girl, so. about um, about half, really. Um, really, it's more than that. Um, you know what? It's over half that goes to just water and sewer, and that's definitely earmarked. Um, yes. Then there's also a part, a capital improvement tax, um, and then we also have a street fund. So, really, it's it's more than half of it. I, you know, a, the, I'd say probably sixty percent. Now, Carterville, do you guys have uh, Carterville PD, or do you? We do. Okay. That comes out of the general fund. Comes out of the general yeah. fund. I think the biggest misconception um, a lot of times is we have a lot of people that say we should do all these projects. And the problem is, is we're dealing with a very small budget. We are a town that, I mean, most towns, when you look at them, um, I've got someone that works with me and she's on airport drive. They have a lot of sales tax income from Walmart um, sure. and all the things. We have Dollar General and Casey's. And so when you look at that and the sales tax income, it's very low. And that's what cities really thrive on a sales tax. Um, we only get about 13% of real estate taxes. We don't have a personal property tax. Um, so so just on the property taxes, people pay on their homes. We don't get much you of get it. You get 13% Correct. of it. That's yeah, it. that's what I calculated. I mean, that's that's what I calculated off my personal bill is I took how much, you know, when you look at your bill, yeah. look yeah. down through there and see how much of it was um, Carterville taxes. Yeah. Now, now it's uh, now that thirteen uh, percent because a, a lot of people have this misconception. Of course, right. we're all busy. We have stuff going mm -hmm. on in our world. Uh, we're going well. I'm paying all this damn money in for property tax. Everybody else is as well. Right. It's uh, why am I not getting this? Why am I not getting well, that? I mean, so if you take a house, you know, a thousand dollars, you know, yes. or I mean, just say, I mean, we get a hundred, a hundred and thirty dollars a year off of that one person. I mean, when you figure that up by household, there's 800 houses, that's just not a lot of money. Um, you know, to when you're paving something and paving takes 80, 90, $100,000, uh, you know, the, so there's where the money comes in. So I think one of the things that we've worked on since I've been there is is getting the finances really clear. Uh, we were with a program that was very common in city governments, and it's really kind of hard to read our financial statements for the average person. So we have moved them over now to QuickBooks. And so I expect next month we'll have the budget and probably a financial statement up on our website. So that will always be up um, and, and biannually. I, I mean, or um, semi-annually. We'll put it up, um, our our finances and budget. I have, by the way, brought up to uh, the candidates running for a state auditor. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, I get it. We have small little towns like Carterville and we mm -hmm. have uh, there's just a wide Reddings Mill. We have all these, and these are little towns. They don't have a lot of budget. They don't have a lot of stuff going on. But it would seem to me that the paperwork that have to be supplied to the state government would be it would easy enough to put it on, uh, you know, a standardized issue that automatically shows up on the website of the state government mm -hmm. and also on the local government. Our audits do. In fact, we have a link on our website it takes you to all of our audits we were when i became mayor we were five audits yep. back it's almost embarrassing to say but they uh the mayor before myself had done that and the mayor before him just had done that and mm -hmm. for whatever reason i just disagreed with it it's like you you can't you you have to know where your financials are and we're getting there we're all we are there really we, we just are gotta we get are to, yeah we've just i would say in the next you yeah. know couple of weeks before next council we'll finish up that 
um, you know, moving to QuickBooks and QuickBooks, it's interesting. I've worked hand in hand with the auditor sure. to make sure that's something he can, QuickBooks is not really made for nonprofit. So, you know, we have to get a little creative on how we put it in the system, but then he can take that information, put it out for an audit. Um, but I think it's really clear our financial statements when you look at the new ones now. I think anybody could sit down and understand them. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what we want is, yeah. is we want them, you know, they do. We hear that a lot of times. I pay so much taxes. And then when you come back to it, you say, well, really, you may have paid $100 in taxes. And then the sales tax is similar to what everyone else is paying, even driving down the highway. So the only other tax really that one of our bigger taxes is the franchise tax that we get on um, on phone bills, electric mm-hmm. bills, those kind of things that comes back to the city um, as basically a sales tax, but it's, it's called a franchise tax. And I think the... Um, the other big one we got is Carterville because of our city clerk. She's really um, tenured, um, was really on it. And we we were one of the very first cities in the state of Missouri that had a use tax, yep. which a lot of the cities around here have not been able to pass. So that's the Internet use tax. Carterville yep. actually has had that for quite some time. We've had to get quite creative because um, we're a small town. And we we were one of the first ones to have body cams before Joplin had body cams for our police department. Yep. Did we pay for it? We got a grant. Right. Because so, we, we're a small town. We don't have that type of funding. So grants are great for small towns. We yeah, absolutely them, the so. case. Uh, my concern that I go out and do is that uh, is that we have, uh, when it's all said and done, we go through and we see how the money is being spent. Mm-hmm. We see how everything is being done. And because of that, we go and we make a look at uh, at the future of what's going on. Now, one of the big complaints about any town is roads. Right. So uh, road funding, explain that to me. Uh, and you don't need to be that complete. You can make it simple. Well, bottom line, we have annually for how many miles of roads we have? At we have a lot. Yeah. But we have a total of $70,000. Which right. is basically two and a half, three blocks, right? To be able to do. So we have to get um, really creative. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, there's grant funding. We have one big grant in right now. You know, that's one of the things that small towns. Uh, I took a lot of guff from one time I came on the show and we talked about that with Joplin. Yeah. In small towns, and uh, it's just again a misunderstanding. Joplin is an entitlement city. So what happens is Joplin, I think Columbia, Kansas City they automatically have access to CDBG funds without oh, yeah. like a, a large Give me application. That acronym. So community development block grants, that's where most of the state funnels their money for projects, especially streets and um, sidewalks and lights and things like that. Usually they're matching something like that. Well, Joplin, uh, I went to council a couple of weeks ago with Joplin and they talked about CDBG funds doing uh, housing and some other things they were doing. They, Since they are called an entitlement city, they have access without much of an application process to those funds automatically it's based on population the, the, the state basically chooses those cities the problem is the rest of us are out here fighting for those dollars so you know always, it takes a lot always. of money in engineering um, we have to have engineering reports so people are like why aren't you getting that grant well first we've heard why are you getting the grant and I'm like well it's our taxpayer dollars we're paying to state and federal government we should be getting those back as our city so we're fighting for it because we pay for it but secondly um, why don't we get them faster is because 
we have to do a lot of back work to apply for a grant. So we just had a big grant open up. They gave us 90 days, and that is to do engineering and do all of this. So you've got to get Anderson Engineering or Algar Martin, whoever we're working with on the project, yes. get all that done, get the grant application filled out. There's a lot to do in an application for yeah, a grant. And before she came on, we went after this one, but it was, you know, sometimes they're matching grants. In a small town, we just couldn't even afford the 25%. It was a 75 25 Yeah, grant. you see, this is you what I think. don't have the funding. That's right. what, here's, I think, the thing that people don't understand is mm-hmm. that they go in and they and they go well you know you, you see these other communities doing it mm-hmm. in a place like Carterville but again Carterville's not that unusual we have a lot of That's communities right. around our area that don't have a lot of retail uh no. business that right. do not have a lot of different things like that and you know the the deal is uh the you know going out and doing those matching grants um is so poor it, it's a terrible idea because it earmarks money that mm-hmm. really should go out and uh, and help a community go and grow and it actually almost pins you in and what you're supposed to be doing yeah there are people in missouri that have turned their arpa funding back in because they did not have a shovel ready project and they just didn't have a project for it and here we're struggling there, there's other towns that needed that arpa funding money because it's very earmarked they need money for their roads. Well, mm-hmm. we do too. They're, we're not alone. Yeah. But, you know, it's almost like take the money and go with it and do what you need to, but that's not the way the government works. So, yeah, it, it, uh, I commonly say this is that I hate bike lanes. I think it's the stupidest thing in the world. No one uses them. I hate them. I mean, well, and did I say hate? Uh, and, and <laughs> the deal is, is that there was part of federal to get federal funding mm-hmm. and perhaps even Missouri state funding. Uh, right. you had to put in those bike lanes. So the city, the city right. of Joplin was damned if they do, damned if they don't. Right. Part of it is it's a, a requirement to get the funding at all. So for we've seen that with Carterville. Um, it will go through this real time when there's just no grants available. But there's always grants for walking paths and bike trails. And so we can't get grants or they, they don't have any funding for maybe water or sewer or streets, things like that. But don't worry, we can get a bike trail or something. Or and the problem is, is that just yeah. puts another burden on the city. We put a bike trail in or a walking trail, then we've got to maintain it. So, you know, here well, we are with limited people and it's like, oh, now you got to go mow this walking trail. So Yeah, and there's no income with it. Right. So it's uh, without any income, mm-hmm. it's highly problematic. Right. Yeah. It is. I, I think the biggest thing is it's a real challenge. I had somebody say to me once that, you know, well, in his job, he has a bigger budget than Carterville. He can handle it. And I said, well, here's the problem. I've been on both sides of that. I've been a new business with a really, really small budget. And yes. I've been on the other end with a really big yeah. budget. There's challenges with both, but I think in the really small budget, it's much harder. It's harder to pay bills. You have to hold bills and you can't, you know, just a simple thing of a bookkeeper can't go in and write all the checks one day. She's got to like schedule them out over four weeks as the money comes in. You know, there's just a lot of challenges that come with a very small budget. It's like a household. It's like uh, my household. I, you know, people would think that here I am, Peter Thiel, star of the KZRG Morning News Watch. I think I'd be just loaded with money. Right. Not. It's crazy. (laughs) And uh, so I, you know, there's one uh, pay period where I pay for my mortgage. That's right. And then another pay period where I pay for all the other junk that I have to spend money on. One uh, misconception a lot of people have is your overall budgets. You might have excess money in this department. (laughs) Yes. 
But you can't take that money and put it in another department. Yeah, it, if, it's the, it's the way you raise taxes. It's it's very uh, it's earmarked. It's earmarked. It's earmarked. Yeah, it is and, earmarked. And, and, and Absolutely. We've heard that. Uh, we've had people come to the city offices and they'd found the solution to the problem in the last yeah. few weeks, and they're like, they just put all the money together like we would in our household. Well, that's that's just not that's it. Way. There's there's funds, and the funds can't be crossed. I mean, so you can't take water to pay for the streets. You can't pay take sewer to pay for you know the parks i mean so those kind of things they have to stay in their lane and and we may have money in water and sewer that's one of our bigger incomes for the city um is the water and sewer and so you know there's a couple of things that we've done lately though um one of them is we are just he's in he as the mayor he's the one that uh appoints people to committees and we feel like we've talked about it we wanted more citizen involvement so we've come up with a public works committee and we've each kind of a council gone out and found people people we felt would be good on that and kind yeah. of nominated them to him and then he's kind of vetting them basically it's a planning committee and saying okay we need we need an overall plan for our streets it's very sure. and yeah. so this is bringing the community in and they're going to sit down and look yeah. through that and then say here's what we think are the most important projects we help we hope that that will help as we spend money Education, get company yeah. community buy-in because the citizens are choosing it not us well, yeah it'll be educating the, the, the right the citizens uh, on that you have each department has their own bucket of money so right. to speak uh, but it's going to educate them on what they can and can't do too and we're going to put the emphasis public works committee but we're starting the emphasis not going to throw them all in on yeah. everything we're going to work on streets first Long and come up street come projects up, absolutely yeah so that we have a vision um you know it's hard I see our city manager a lot like we have been as we come through business. I mean, he wears so many hats. And it's hard oh, yeah. at times to get days to sit down and just do long-term planning. Yeah. And so this way, if we have this committee that can look at it, and from the citizens, they can say, here's where we think the money should be spent. Then we can kind of develop that long-term street plan. So as we do go look for these grants or a grant comes quickly, like we just had an announcement this last week, you've got 90 days to get this grant in. If we didn't have an idea of what we wanted to work on, um, we wouldn't be able to go after it right away. So this will help us in the future. It's helped us with the water as well. We developed kind of a plan over the next several sure. years. So now when we do get money, we have money coming in, we know where we're going to put it. Um, so, you know, we just finished our second well, which is really exciting. It is online and it's really a great producing well. So, uh, the next thing is putting in the well house and then getting it actually hooked into the line. So we've worked with Anderson engineering on that project. Um, you know, we had a lot of people asking questions. Did the city design that? And no, it's all engineered by professional engineers. They come in and, and decide how that's going to be done. And there's, there's projects we've turned away just because we couldn't fit forward the engineering, the engineering right costs are extremely high I mean, for a small town it is we for, don't for have us, yeah, yeah well you know i think that uh is one of the things i think that uh we can move into this part of the discussion mike uh, one of my concerns is that we as a community mm -hmm. holistically including every city and suburb and whatever that nobody seems to be at least in everything I have heard on the same plans of what our area looks like 15 years from now, right. 25 years from now, 50 years from now. And when we do not have a real plan to work together on all of these things, we will be blown around like the wind. Because at some point, one of our major employers 
uh, will pull up and go somewhere else because right. their factory's gotten too old and it's just cheaper to build a brand new one. It's just cheaper to do it. No, okay, well, we're going to move from here and we're going to move to, you know, to Another Poughkeepsie or, or Tulsa mm-hmm. or wherever. There's people wooing them. Oh, oh, I know they're from always, the state. Yeah, it's the it's. I know it's a constant thing, and everything's about efficiency. I have a a friend of mine. His wife is a corporate consultant, and she went and was brought into a manufacturing company. And it doesn't matter which one it is, but it's a, one of the American-made manufacturing companies. Mm-hmm. And they had one of their facilities that was underperforming. Uh, relatively uh, uh, by a reasonable percentage. So they went in and they just said, hey, we have updated equipment. We're investing into you and to the community. You need to know this thing, but here's where we need our productivity to be. And mm-hmm. They had a little line. So, and the employees kept saying, oh, we've done too much for you. You're never going to leave us. Right. You owe us. Mm-hmm. And they don't. And we've seen this happen in companies here locally. We've seen, uh, et cetera. Um, that's not the case. The company owes you nothing. Their job is to produce a product at the the most efficient, uh, the lowest price possible f- that they can sell for the highest price possible to make the most profit. Right. That's what a business does. So at one point, one of our local factories, I you know I know that uh, I hate saying this, but one of them one day they're going to move. I'm sure they're going to leave. It's just kind of a natural progression. It's the way it works. But, you know, that's why you try not to put all all your eggs in one basket. You know, you need diversity and you need a variety so that you can kind of move those people somewhere else. And um, I think with Carterville, it's um, we've done a lot of that in the last few years, you know, looking out at at where where what are we going to be? Um, I, I get it. We're a small town. I, I understand, uh, it's not important to some people. Um, but I think your local politics right around your house affect you more sometimes in state and national politics. So it's important to us because we live there. And so, um, you know, we want to have affordable housing. We want to have, um, a great place to live. We want low crime. We want all of those things. So, you know, we kind of look at it and say, what are we going to be over the next 10, 15, 20 years? And where do we need to be? And, you know, that was like the, well, that has been a vision for since I came to council because there was a part of town that we really needed to be able to supply more water. It's where we had land. Um, and I think it's, uh, there are some, some land people looking at some large subdivisions in that area that could add very large pieces. I mean, very large populations to Carterville. So that type of foresight is what will help our community grow. But we have to be ready for it too. Right. And I know we're a bed, typically, uh, I hate the word bedroom community, but the growth is coming. You see Web City, you see East Street, it is coming. Yeah. It has, uh, you know, it's really changing. Web City's growing to us. And, and the great thing is we're in Web City School District. It's really sought after for housing. Um, so that helps us a lot with developers. As they come in, they're like, we wanted to build in Web City School Absolutely. District. Now, now uh, let's talk about uh, growth track. Obviously, development. You mm-hmm. There's a lot of land in Carterville that has not been, quote, unquote, developed. Uh, is There's a lot of... Uh, 
uh, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there. And quite frankly, being located where you're located. It's a great spot. It's a great spot mm. uh, because of the efficiency to 249. Yeah, right. Carthage. Um, I mean, Carthage. in show, you can hit them all pretty quickly. Yeah. It's, and it's the developers, really these builders know this. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so and, and the idea here of going in and putting in uh, uh, manufacturing plant, uh, that type of stuff in Carterville makes all the sense in the world. Now, it's uh, Carterville, uh, you know, when you go out and you meet with these people, mm -hmm. uh, and a developer comes in, they go, yeah, we have a plot of land that we just purchased and we want to put 100 homes on this land. That just happened two that weeks did, ago, that actually. That yes, happened. it did. And you know what Something? I mean? No, I you know what? that just actually did. Yes, it did. A hundred is the actually the it number. It is the number. Yeah. Well, that was a guess. So, and, uh... Yeah. So I, I just uh, it's uh, that was a guess by me. But all of a sudden you go in. What does the what does the builder require from the city of Carterville? Well, they want to know what our international building code is, which yes. ours is not as stringent as some communities. We do not use the latest I international building code. We um, use uh, 2012. 2012. So, okay. Yeah. Um, that is a plus because in Joplin and other towns that have Neosho that have adopted the latest um, code is going to have to spend more money on hanger straps. And I'm, I'm sure that's all good, but it's almost regulated beyond what it really should be. Well, so and, that, um, I think us. the biggest thing for them was, you know, storm drainage. We're working kind of a city EPA uh, partnership with that. Um, mm -hmm. I'm excited about that. And it works with our park. Um, the other thing was water, which the great thing is the subdivision is very close to our water supply. Yeah. So, and they're working with us to kind of improve another area by running the line the way they are. We've kind of, um, we're going to run a better supply to another area of town as well. Um, you know, and sewer, of course, which we've just, uh, improved, put American made pumps in our sewer, uh, lift station and it goes, um, eventually on to web city, the 201 center Creek 201 board. Um, so, you know, I all, that's the kind of the basic things. And it's really great because this latest one, they're coming in right next to one of our parks, which we've really struggled to kind of, you know, we're limited on funds, limited on, on manpower. And so they want to work with us, make it a walking path in that in that park an additional walking path really kind of improve it because it'll hook to their subdivision yeah. so it'll be similar to one that's over by king jack park and eventually, so yeah eventually we're, we're gonna have a large if everything works out a large retention pond that everybody could be beautiful from and some viewable from some of those homes mm -hmm. so it's very very desirable area really so I, I will give you this suggestion as you go through and you get more and more people wanting to build homes mm -hmm. make sure that you set up with, uh, that you go and you grab a green space as part of the thing, that they have to provide green space as part of the thing. Ultimately, long-term, that will make these homes much more attractive uh, for reselling. It will keep their value higher. Mm -hmm. It will do uh, a number of things. So it's uh, So if somebody goes out and just say, hey, uh, you're putting in a subdivision here, and behind you is someone else. You must leave, uh, you know, five acres between both both deals. Mm -hmm. And that's standard operating procedure in a lot of communities to build things. So these builders, that's just, uh, they're easy, going to be going for that. Uh, that's one way to go through it. Uh, one of the things I've heard that, you know, I think that everyone outside of Joplin 
really struggles with is retail mm-hmm. and how retail, uh, you know, it's uh, and even in Joplin is struggling because of online purchases. Right. Now, in in Carterville, if you, the Carterville resident, buy, uh, you know, a big thing on uh, Amazon or any online thing or from Hinkle's Ace Hardware, uh, it's uh, what taxes go to the city do you guys get anything or we nothing get the use, tax. use tax that's we are wanted that's if you you've seen that joplin i believe just passed just the use passed tax. it yeah carl yeah. junction has not been able to pass it i'm not sure about web city but yes we were I over think the 10 years second, i think we've had it for many many years we were like the second city in the state to have and, that use and, tax and our money was usually pre-covid it would peak up around november december sure mm-hmm. and to a certain uh, not a bad we blew that by three times during COVID because it was people were during COVID. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it sustained for a while. I wish it would continue. Well, but, I'm yeah. interested to see how that Wayfair uh, bill. You know that they're talking yeah. about how that's going to affect that use tax. Because there are a that. lot of companies not paying the tax. You know, and no one's making them. So that that Wayfair case is is really we may see a difference in the use tax after that. So well, it, it would seem to me that uh, that I. Uh, you go in and you're selling stuff online. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, it's if you sell stuff on eBay, I believe eBay just pulls that out from when people make the purchase. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes very little sense for anyone else to go out and do this, mainly because you know that Wayfair should be cooperating because this is actually subsidizing the communities in which they're doing business Correct. absolutely right yeah and yes. i think that i think it probably became on the radar for every city because like we talked before sales taxes are a really big portion when you see profitable cities it's sales tax i mean they're not getting it typically from property taxes or other things um so when you start seeing sales tax drop locally um and we see large i mean look at the mall that's emptying out at this point they're losing so you know i think it came on the radar of even the bigger cities it's like oh my gosh our sales tax are going down we've got to figure this out and that's where the real push for this use tax but you know missouri you have to have the voter approval for it but they've got a really nice parking lot that at the mall. money pay. yeah yeah oh trust <laughs> me it's yeah. uh it uh and you know and just t- talking about tiff money for and that's ta- tax increment financing mm-hmm. and uh to sometimes for communities to attract larger retailers right larger types of businesses like oh menards mm-hmm. uh you must uh, if you do not come in as a city and make concessions, you don't get the business. Mm-hmm. Walmart was, of course, the absolute innovator of this. Yep. They went into small towns, and small towns would rebuild roads around yes. the Walmart Stop for lights, them. Stop lights, redesign their streets. Everything. Yeah, yeah absolutely. it was such an investment for small towns. It took forever for them to get paid back, really, for that, that money. And, and the other thing was is that Walmart, and this is another thing people don't realize, depending, and I don't know what the local Walmart is, uh, but I've been in places in my illustrious uh, WKRP-style drive-around-the-country <laughs> radio career uh, where uh, Walmart got to keep a portion of the sales tax of some of these communities well that's what happened with uh natural grocers uh that's when they went into that that they gave them a specific sales tax which was really um i think unfortunate because you had natural grocers already in town that were locally owned you had suzanne's joplin greenhouse fox Fox farm um they didn't get any 
sales tax to do anything they've done for the community or for their businesses, but yet Natural Grocers goes in, they bring a competition and basically give them an income source. I think they're getting a penny off of every dollar, if I recall. Yeah, so they were, it was really kind of a, a disappointment to some of those that had been in business a long time. Yeah, and, and again, it's just, uh, it's uh, the power of... the of, nas- national corporations. Yeah, the yeah, national corporations, because that automatically, for other big investors that go, oh, you got Natural Grocers. Mm-hmm. Oh, Oh, you have uh, Menards. Oh, you've got Raisin Canes. You have those type of things that automatically says, okay, these people are players. They're not just uh, podunk mm-hmm. nowhere. And right. pizza, pizza Ranch. Well, and I'm ex- I think um, I think it is good to look at the future of your cities and just, uh, you know, where are you going to, if we, if you don't look, I mean, it, that's what we've talked about so much on the water. Um, for us, really focusing on that water and growing it and improving it and, and creating a plan for it so that we can support more population in the subdivisions. Sure. Now, um, the water and sewer in Carterville, yes. like Webb City, is owned by the community. It is. And yes. that, and you know, it was interesting. I left the planning and zoning meeting to introduce myself to this new developer with these 100 homes. Um, and they said they chose us over a subdivision in Joplin because of of the regulations in Joplin, but also the cost of the water in Joplin. Um, the cost for them to build in Joplin with Missouri American Water was prohibitive for them. They felt like they could do, it would be better for them in Carterville. And so, I mean, that was what won us over from another subdivision in Joplin. So, you know, we finally, we become a player and. I, you know, the elephant in the room, of course, our water. We had problems um, several years ago. Um, we've turned things around. We have a plan. We're working in, you know, replacing water lines, adding a new well. Um, we're adding um, technology so our wells run automatically. They will work together in tandem. Um, if there's emergencies, they'll shut down. We can control them remotely. There's so many things. We've developed backups now, which we didn't, you know, we, we had a thing with our backup with Web City at the time. They'd taken a well offline we didn't know about. They were running low pressure during that time as well. So we were just struggling to get water. That is now, they've put a well back online. We have a backup from Web City. We have a backup from... We used to supply Jasper County water with water. They have a new well. They now have their own wells, and they're able to be a supplier back to us on the other side of town. They were really struggling a year ago. So So now we have emergency backups from all sides. Um, We have backups. We've got a grant out. We're hoping to find out soon um, a FEMA grant for a a generator at one of our water plants. So if the electric goes out, we're able to still pump water. Hoping so, we can get that. I'm pretty, yeah, pretty it's just, about it's it, really, uh, there's a lot of thought been put into, you know. But with the more water, you're going to have increased sewage too, right? right? Now we got ACE pipe cleaning down there checking. We have some uh, opportunities to improve our situation that goes underneath the highway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's going to cost us some money, engineers, that type of thing. But uh, we're, right. my philosophy is do it right or don't do it. We have mm-hmm. done things on a Band-Aid budget, yeah. you know what? I have told citizens in our town, we're going to do the roads right, or we can tear them down to gravel until we have the funding. I- I'm dead serious about that. I mean, I've said it with our council. Mm-hmm. Don't plan to. You know, we do the best we can, but let's do our roads right. Let's do our sewers right. Let's do our water right. Don't half-ass it. 
Yeah, for yeah. The lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah, yeah I I agree with you. So it's a, one of the things that uh, that I think any town like yours goes in, and I don't even know what the answer would be for this, and maybe there isn't one, is the expansion of other uh, income sources like retail and other things. Yeah. How difficult is that to pull off? You know, I think sales tax, I mean, we would love to draw some businesses. Um, it's a challenge, though. I mean, um, I've had detractors say, well, why didn't you put your business in town? And I, it's if you've ever put a business in and you've worked with national corporations, I mean, Ace is a cooperative, but they still give us incentives to put in new stores. The same as Walmart. I mean, we look at the same things. We look at traffic counts. We yep. look at demographics. We look at income levels. I mean, there's all kinds of things that go into a score for a site. And um, so the big people, a lot of times, Carterville may not in town have that. Now, out at the highway, there may be opportunities there um, with some, you know, there's been a lot of creative things that we've thought about over time. So mm -hmm. there are some plots in different places that could have some possibilities. But I think a lot of times, um, you know, we want to develop our downtown as well. Um, you want to have, like Web City has done, you want to have services for people as well to where they can stay in town. You know, the Claw Paws is a great one. Have their dogs groomed in town. You know, things that they can take karate lessons downtown. They can, you know, all of these different things as we add them in. It keeps them in town. And I remember working with Web City at times, and they basically target where they're bleeding from town, where yeah. where people are leaving town for other things. And, and um, you know, we're not quite at that stage yet, but that's that's what you keep in the back of your mind all the time is how can we keep those dollars in our city look, you know, at, look at 15 years ago web city where they were compared to now right well now yeah. i will tell you i you know last uh two days my girlfriend and i have eaten in web city mm -hmm. and right on the main street right on the main drag there at a couple of different places and it uh you know it's it's nifty to be there it's quaint it's the food was great mm -hmm. people were nice the service was fantastic I think that obviously for any uh, community in any places developing a city, having a couple of especially local restaurants means. We have. And yeah. we have some. Go ahead. You yeah. know, the great thing is, is we are Route 66. Yeah. Um, so we do have, um, you know, we live on Route 66. So we see it. You'll see the lines of traffic come through, especially at this time of year and throughout the summer. Um, there are places like every Sunday afternoon, a place from Chicago, they bring motorcycle riders and then they'll have a van behind them with a few motorcycles. Yeah. And those people can put their motorcycles up on the van if they don't want to ride anymore, ride in the van. But they do a tour of Route 66. And the great thing is we've got a great restaurant on the corner right there on Route 66, which is Famous Grill. And on Friday and Saturday nights, that place is packed. And then right on down the street on Main Street is Super Tam. The ice cream parlor has opened back up. They've got all kinds of different things going on there. Um, so those are some really neat stops that we see an awful lot of people, especially from other countries. And they both of them, they'll have maps of who stopped and what country they were from and so that is one of the other facets of Carterville is we do have that tourism a little bit from Route 66 so you know capitalizing on that is always a great thing yeah and, and now uh, Carterville does not have any motel or hotel space we do not but we yeah. do Web City right around the corner with yeah. with the new sleep in so you know as we do plan festivals and things like that we always think about you know sleep in's a really great little place and yeah their rooms are great I mean it's a great place to be yeah, I I think that uh, I think that's a heck of a deal. Uh, other income sources for the city that people would not necessarily know. Um, I think 
so you know i thought through this i think the the biggest we have a gas tax um yeah. and that comes from casey's so we do have that and there's um then our sales tax is kind of divided up in capital improvements and streets and things like that i think the franchise tax is probably one of the lowest um on the scale that people don't realize but it's really a fairly large income source for us yeah. and that's just cell phone bills so we get checks from you know we'll get a check from liberty and we get a check from spire and we get a check from verizon and that is just the taxes that you pay on your bill do they do it monthly or do you once a year how um, often do you guys get that it check? actually is is typically paid back to the state and then it comes back to us from the state yeah. and it'll have their name on it verizon okay, or whatever yeah. on it so it's whenever the state kind of gets it to us so it should be monthly does but that it, come from the treasurer's office or the state auditor where does that come from uh i can't tell you uh, i've seen the checks don't they're, know for sure. they're Utilities automatic probably treasure yeah it's a sales tax, basically. Sure. So it would yeah. be just the comptroller, same place that everything else does. Um, okay. So they collect it, and then it's remitted back. Um, and then we actually do make a sales tax on our water as well, which is something that people may not know. So we charge a sales tax. Um, we do have that. We we remit it back to the state, and then they send it back to us. It's kind of a crazy thing. but um, So there is that as well. And I guess one of the small, little-known things, it's not a ton of money, but we actually get rent for our water tower for antennas. I mean, if you're if talking about yeah. little-known facts, is, is yeah. we actually do rent our water tower for cell phone antennas. They pay us rent for that. And our police tower that's not really being used for police because, anyway, there's right. a whole different subject yeah. a different day. You, but, you I mean, there's, uh, you know, when we look at those kind of things, the great thing about these taxes I listed, the percentage of real estate taxes, the franchise tax, even the sales tax, those things as we add more homes, um, they provide more. And then, of course, our water and sewer, that's our big income source. And as we, we do have some bonds right now on those, and as we expand houses, it lowers the bond payment for everybody. So we are looking in the future at that. At, at uh, You know, it's just like a loan. If you have more people paying on the loan, it goes down. It doesn't go down faster. But the percentage that yeah. you would owe would go down faster. Is Which there, it's going to be paid off. In, we have two bonds. One's in 2026 and one's 2027, street, if I recall. The street one was an old one, and an it, it, one. it will be it will paid off first. Yeah. Now, I, I it's let's talk about, I think, which is, I think, uh, an interesting thing to, to look at is, okay, you have all these different things that that go through. What are some unique opportunities that could be explored in a place like Carterville that could be a long-term thing for you guys to sort of center on what's going on? Hmm. A um, festival, you know, a lot of We things. have thought about a, a Route 66 festival. I think, uh, you know, it's a, it's a two-edged sword. Some of our residents don't always want to be, we're not just Route 66. We're a, a town, and I've heard that oh, from yeah. some people just recently. Um, but there are a lot of people that that is what they want you know, the town to be known for. So I think, but tying into that, a Route, a route 66 festival of some type, I think we did a really neat thing um, a couple of weekends ago that's a great start to something. Um, you know, rummage sale day, garage sale day is a yeah. big thing um, for some people. And so we kind of tied in with Web Cities. Right. What I think would be a really neat thing in the future is there are places in the country, especially out east, where people will go and travel for days down this route doing rummage sales. It's a thing women yeah. do. Yes. Well, and old people. Well, why not do it on Route 66? Why not cooperate with Carthage and uh, Web City and Carterville to where you could, you know, kind of stay and travel, travel the route, but also travel during rummage sales? I think that we had a really good start a couple of weeks ago. We have a great I think one of the biggest stars in the last year, year and a half, is our park committee. No. Um, it was a stalled out committee several years ago. Um, there was some issues with it. 
It restarted, and they are the worker bees of the community. Um, the detractors, you know, they keep their head down and they just keep doing things. They've done festivals. They did a pasta feed, and, and we've talked about it. For me, it was like a Hallmark moment. I kind of rolled my eyes when they came to me, and they're like, we want to do this pasta feed. And every time I've ever been involved in like a pancake feed or something, you yeah. make like 100 bucks, and you have all this mess, and everybody's working, and then you're done. It's like, well, we made $100. I rather would have rather just given you $100. <laughs> um, so I kind of rolled my eyes about it, but they wanted to – You know, Carterville has, for a long time, we had either the hand-me-downs of Web City or um, just some small Christmas decorations on our main street. Yep. And the park committee decided they wanted new Christmas decorations that were ours that had never been used. And um, so they said, we're going to have a pasta feed. And so Famous, that restaurant, he said, you know what, I'll work with you. And he, he basically supplied the pasta and we sold it. And so I showed up about 4.30. I think it was supposed to start at 5. Showed up at 4.30. There was already a line out the door. And so it was such a neat deal. It was right as COVID was kind of slowing down a little bit. It was in, I think, July. Yeah, so people and wanted to get the hell out of the house. They did, yeah. and so it was at our community center, the gym. And what the neat thing is, is we're serving pasta. We have people buying five plates and taking them to their neighbors. We have people sitting in the gym eating together and talking. So you've got neighbors that don't know each other are going to sit together and have dinner. Sure. And all of it, it ended up raising in that day, that day with all the businesses and everything, we raised the $4,700 that we needed to buy yeah. those lights. It's amazing. And it was yeah, really it was. a great thing. And that little that parks committee put it all together. So they are actually doing another one. We need some sidewalks in a park to make it more handicap accessible right. um and so they have just announced they're going to do it again this july june july yeah um and raise money for those yeah, sidewalks. reach out to me and i'll get them on yeah well and it, we've got a local i think there's a local person that said he'll he'll do the concrete work if we'll he'll pay the finish the, work pay yeah. the money for the concrete so um i mean working together with our local businesses local residents and i think that's what you see in a small town sometimes more than you do in a big town you can go oh i can do this i can do that and um, that park committee, you know, we've got one on there. She says, I'm a graphic designer. I can do this. And then someone else said, Hey, I'm retired. I can go work that. It's just such a neat thing to see your community work together and not in fight, um, and say, Hey, we've got a problem and we're going to figure it out how to do it. So I put on the back of my business, I already knew what I had from mayor card. And, uh, I truly believe this, but it says towns don't grow and improve themselves. Caring people grow and improve their towns. And I never saw that as much as I did sunday we got out in the rain we had already kind of planned a little thing to be a little beautification project it wasn't a whole lot but we had people show up and we went above and beyond that and it's just it's people like not just city council people that care about their town that's really right. going to grow our town i i so. think uh for me i um you know we want to be a just a bedroom community i don't I don't like the drama that goes on. There's a lot of detractors, and I think you have them in every town. Um, I think the the good people, though, working will calm that down. Um, you yeah, know, you I, just keep working and keep doing the right thing, and eventually, people come alongside you and, and join you. Yeah, it's easy uh, to sit there and bitch and moan right? about things that uh, you don't think are doing well. My mm -hmm. line is run for office. Well, get into office and learn town. what it is. Yeah. We do have several that don't live in town, but they want to dabble in our politics. So, you know, the other thing is put your money where your mouth is and move to town. If you want to be involved in our politics, <laughs> you need to move to town. Yeah. Um, you know, we did. We invested. My parents, we've been there 53 years. I We moved back. We lived in Web City. They wanted to sell, so we bought their property and moved in. So, you know, for 53 years, I was just thinking about this the other day. Um, our area was very 
my mom and dad bought our house for maybe $10,000, something like yeah. that. It was 20 acres, and it was just completely overgrown. Uh, they'd been burning trash in the fireplace. It was rough. And they worked on it for 53 years, and then we've taken it and had it for about 12 years. And so when you put all that time into a property, you're investing in your community as sure. well. And now that area out by us, the houses, you know, the lawns are mowed. It's so different than it was. when. And so I look back at at you know those ancestors of our community and sure. so we are working on i am working on um and i've announced it in the fall i, I want to do a fundraiser our gym is a historical building and i love that gym um, but it needs a lot of a lot of money and a lot of work and so um and i also when i talk to the people that have been in our town for their whole lives yeah i want to get their stories i want them to tell their stories oh, to yeah. our kids so we want to do like a heritage day and to where we can set it up at the gym. You can almost have a Spiva thing where you come in, you see the pictures from our ancestors. You have people there that can tell their stories about, well, my dad worked in the mine. This is how we, you know, I have my next door neighbor has lived in Carterville 90 years. And uh, I mean, it's, like he's, timeline. it's yeah. so neat to get those stories before, you know, yeah, they're no longer they're here yeah. and to give a pride to the people that live in town because it's, you know, a lot of times Carterville's had that. Um, people go, oh, you're from Craterville. You know, we hear it all the time. We, yeah. know, we know. We hear it. By the way, the whole thing about saving the history deal is that uh, don't put that behind, whether it's the city of Carterville or your own life. Right. Is that I, uh, you know, I went through and I tried to interview my dad um, just for the family. And mm -hmm. when he was early in dementia, it was gone. Yeah. It was forgotten. I, I, uh, and, and there was a lot of stuff I didn't know and my siblings didn't know and would have been great to go through. Uh, another lady that lives not far away from me, her husband and really her, our father-in-law, they were mine workers in Carterville. She has a lot of pictures, memorabilia, cool. things like that. I mean, there's so much history in that town. Uh, it was a really thriving town during the mines. We were yeah. bigger than most of the, I mean, we had yeah. hotels, banks, pharmacies. I mean, it was really something during that time. And it's just something different now. It's not less now. It's just different than it yeah. used to be. Let, let's talk about one of the things that I, I know Joplin is trying to figure this out, and I'm sure Carterville is as well. Uh, properties that have become run down. Mm -hmm. that, I saw uh, that in Joplin. Yeah, and there's... And they also have had a real problem, and I, Carterville may have this, may not. I don't know. I'm just asking. We do. Um, where people have subdivided uh, single-family homes into four different rental properties that if there was a fire in that house, right. everybody would be dead in you know quickly because there's no fire code into it. They went and did. What can a place like Carterville, what a can can go in and say, hey, we have property that's now rental property that's not up to code, that's breaking ordinances. How do we go and shut those down? Well, we've got two or three different ways. Actually, we several years ago, uh, we have a local church, Car uh, Carterville Christian Church. They have a work day. It's in, usually in September. Basically, we reach out to our people in our town that maybe have some guttering or some things that the house is not in a situation where it's condemned. Sure. But we need to, you know, do some basic maintenance and they're elderly. They don't have the funds. And that has been, a, we've actually had two other churches get together and we work out where we do this every year. And 
of course, we if it is condemnable, we definitely want to get aggressive and try to do everything we can in the law to to either mm-hmm. purchase that house. And we've been very fortunate. We have a chief of police that's very good at being able to talk to people, and we've acquired some of those properties and been able to sell it. Now we have to condemn. We have to condemn it. We have to tear it down. That's on our dime. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know we use use tax funds for that, but and and then turn around and sell it to a developer or whoever. We actually put it up for. Uh, sealed bid we we post it and we've been able to have some homes built that way but uh, as far as minimizing we've come a long ways from where I, we were when i started on council i think for, it's been 30 homes that we i mean it yeah. was a, a, a yeah, good probably. percentage of our homes i mean when you look at the we have 800 homes in town so um i think it really might have been it been more than that but we have a yeah. list that we've gone through and we work with the property owners. Sometimes uh, they've gone into probate. You know, there's yeah. a lot of different things happening. So um, we have to, again, be a little creative because it's expensive process. You know, we had someone call this week and said, can you condemn this house behind me? It, I don't like the way it looks. And it's like, well, it's it's not unsafe. It's just the way the house and is. Sideways. And this is the United States. It's their property. So, no, we can't go in and just take their house. As long as they're doing the minimum of right. what we require, you know, whether it be boarded up, as long as it is safe and, you know, it's not a public safety, then yeah, public we can't safety. do anything about it. Right. What, would, what would cause a home? Because I can think of several things to add into as a public safety concern. Mm-hmm. But for in Carterville, when you go out and you say this, is a, this property is a menace to safety, what does that mean? Well, first off, our city inspector will do that. Yeah, uh, based on the code, uh, it's tricky because he can't go inside. That's, that's uh, why so. There's reset. part of it; it has to be done from the sidewalk because legally, unless he has the permission of the property owner, he can't go on the property. So that, there is a little bit of legalities there before that happens. Um, but you know, if it's if it's got windows that are broken out where where animals could be living in it or kids could crawl into it, um, if things are falling off of it onto sidewalks, that kind of thing, um, you know, mm-hmm. th- there it, if the roof is falling in possibly, um, yeah. and sometimes not even that, if, if it's, you know, property owners' rights are very strong, and I think they should be. Uh, and I don't, I don't disagree and, with um, it. That I think that it's just a fine line you have to walk to. Um, a lot of times, the things we get are not really safety, as they're an eyesore, and people don't want them there. That's where it's really difficult for the city. Is is it's it's not really unsafe. It just doesn't look really great. I think well, I know where the home we're talking about is <laughs> right on Main Street, right next to a very nice restaurant in town, which makes their own pasta, by the way. Um, but, uh, yeah, we well, have several that we've worked on for years. Yeah, well, it, it would be uh, now. It's uh, if you all of a sudden have a home that, uh, and I'm just talking theoretical. I'm mm-hmm. not talking about anything specific. You have a home that's a rental property that yeah. traditionally has had huge problems with drug dealing, for yep. instance. Uh, that uh, that the place is over, and sometimes there are places that have it's a three bedroom home, and there's twenty people living there. I think that would be a thing where you would cooperate with your local law enforcement. Yeah. Uh, that to help clean that up. I mean, because you clean the drug problem, you're going to clean the house up. Um, so that has happened before. We have reached out. I mean, we've even had the county as involved in some of that at times. And I think then those houses, uh, they've been torn down. They've re- been rehabbed. I mean, if you do have certain kinds of drugs, especially being made, they're meth. Um, it creates another problem with the home. A lot of times, sure. it's supposed to be stripped all the way down with I mean, a meth house. So. Yeah, and sometimes it's 
a grandmother, elderly grandmother, yeah. and the kids and the grandkids all take a sick advantage of the situation. She's, you know, she's until she's put in a home or, I mean, it is what it is. People are going to take advantage yeah, of it. Yeah. People it, don't work nowadays sometimes, and they're just. Yeah, I you know, it's one of the things that happens, and it mm-hmm. happens everywhere, is that a lot of times they'll folks will go in and they're, their their parents will pass on and then they uh think well you know what i'm just gonna rent that house out right and all of a sudden uh, the people the kids go out and rent the house and they have no idea of the work that goes into being a landlord right there's a lot of work uh you have to make sure the property's up to date if all of a sudden something's broken you have to show up on a dime you have to replace things you have to go there and all of a sudden you have people realizing yeah, this is a heck of a lot of work, and all of a sudden the home falls in disrepair. And then uh, the people go, well, I just want the hell out of it. So they sell it to somebody who's, let's say, uh, instead of just uh, a normal landlord who's doing the right thing, they're going out and they are uh, they're going out and, uh, and selling it to a slumlord. And those people are totally, ins- they'll never keep anything up. and They'll put the lowest common denominators into people's neighborhoods. I've talked to a landlord in Carterville, and it just, he keeps the inside pretty decent, but he said, he told me for verbatim, it's like, I'm not going to fix anything on the outside. I'm going to do the minimum because it'll increase my taxes. That was his words. Like, you know, because the way you keep your home and the way, you know, you add on things, it will increase your value, and which increases your taxes. I mean, to me, that's not the way to look at it. Look at it as an investment, but, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Well, and, and I, I think uh, we work with a lot of property managers through the store. Um, yeah. And I grew up, my mom and dad had rentals throughout Carterville as well. Sure. So I think there's a couple of things with that as, you know, for landlords is my mom and dad would never rent anything they wouldn't live in themselves. So I think that was always a good motto is if this is something I would live in myself, um, you know, that, that gives you kind of a quality of life because usually those landlords live fairly well. Um, the other thing is, is, um, I think that you get a better clientele when your house is nicer. Um, it's a lot less work. We see that, um, we have the variety of property managers that come in and in the ones that have the very low rentals, it's a constant battle of they didn't pay the rent. They're in drugs. They've torn it up. They'll rip the copper out. They take, I mean, they do all kinds of things. Whereas if you just step up and have a little bit nicer property inside and out, you're going to get a better clientele. It's going to be better for you. But, um, as far as the city goes, you know, we have, not a ton of control of that. Again, property rights. Yeah. You know, I wish we did. Thankfully, we don't have those huge houses. I mean, you'll see sometimes in Carthage and things like that where they'll have them. They'll divide the houses up. I actually bought a house in Web City when I was 26 that was that way and turned it back into the Victorian house that it was. It was 6,000 square feet. When I bought it, it was divided into five different apartments, and I, I transformed it back to a house again. Um, so I, you do have that in towns when you have those really big houses, you'll see that a lot more of a, a big old Victorian home. Uh, the one I bought in web city, you know, they had pulled the doors. They were the big pocket doors and then sure. they padlocked them. That was their divider between apartments. <laughs> you were classy. And, uh, so, you knew there were, it was a lots of privacy with well, that. Well, you can tell I didn't pay a lot of money for that house yes. and I was young. So, uh, anyway, but it is, uh, you know, it gets excited. There is always something. And I think the 
the thing to always remember in the city is that we're citizens too. We want the best for our community. Um, to come out and say, oh, you're doing it for your own purposes. or I, I, In small towns, there's just nothing to gain to be on council, truthfully. There's just, you give a lot more than you take for sure. Um, and we see that, you know, we have a lot of people that say, you're doing it, you're going to make money or you're going to yeah, take money or, or it's about pride or. How it, much do you guys get paid? Well, I don't. <laughs> I don't I, I, how much do you get paid by the city? Well, well if, when I started on council, it was $2 for a council person and $20 for the mayor. And I question it because they were writing checks. It's like, why are we even writing a check right, for this? I agree with that. Let's either do away with it, which at that time I was just writing my check over to the city. Mm-hmm. But it's like. Let's either make it worthwhile or do away with it. So they put a zero behind the 20 and a zero behind the two. Now, if you're on a committee or other things, so I get paid $200 a month right, minus taxes. So, yeah, I'm going to get As rich a council, that. if you're just a council person, I think, yeah, 15, 20 dollars I don't take a salary. Yeah. So, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's pretty sweet money. That's, uh, <laughs> that's the type of side hustle that would right. almost drive you to be joining Amway. Well, and I think when you see to our council, I think now better than, I'm not better, but I think we have such great council people right now. A lot of them are business people, so they have a business mind to them, but they also bring their money and time with them. I mean, many of them. We have one right now, a council person. His men are out working on our park because we've got a, a really unique leak underneath a building. And half the time, they don't even bill us for it. And they don't charge I, us for it. So I push him to send us You bill. know, I mean, there's those kind of things happening all the time. Uh, you know, most of us don't say how much money we give or how much time. And so, you no, know. No, I, I know. And the deal is, is that anybody who serves on any city council, anybody who serves on any city or county board, anyone who goes out and does this, it is uh, 99.999% right. of the time. It's because these folks have a love of their community absolutely, and they want their com- community to be a better place. Now, we it, it's America. We can agree and say, oh, this is a terrible idea. Oh, this is a great idea. This yeah. is all this. But the math only works a certain way. And I wish, you know, I, I think there is a good uh, discourse. And if as long as there's a civility to it, I think what we saw for probably about a year and a half in Carterville is there was a loss of that. We have had uh, name calling, a lot of things, personal attacks have attacked my business. They've attacked other businesses. Um, you know, that type of thing there's just no place for it in the community. We can disagree about which street gets paved. We can disagree about how the money's spent. And for me, every time I disagree, I had another council person that disagreed with me on something. And I said, bring your research to me. I'm a numbers person. I want to research it. I want to look at the details. I want to sit across the table with somebody and go through that. But it's not personalities. I want to talk about the facts. And a lot of times it's more emotion that we hear in in conversations. It's not facts. It's emotion. And uh, I just don't deal that way. I don't work that way. I don't I don't like it. People refer when I was talking to conversation last night with an individual and he says, you, you, I, I'm, I'm a volunteer. I put my time in. And actually he, he's he's involved, too. It's like, whoa, whoa, well, this you business. It's us. It is us. Yeah. And bottom line, I just want. I plan on retiring there, and when I'm gone, I want a, I want a legacy. I want right. to, that I've improved something. I've done something worthwhile and to better and less 
government. I and mean, leaving the city better and having more citizen involvement. Um, but, you know, I think it's it's very, uh, you want citizens that can come, maybe disagree and have a discourse, but still respect each other. So I think that is where, as he's choosing his nominations, I know that's probably some of the things you're looking at is, can these people bring something to the table? Will they actually be involved and be engaged? That's another problem is people get on committees and then yeah. they don't show up. But then also bringing that... I have gone and researched it, and here's my thoughts, and then listening to the other person. Um, we just don't always see that. In- and, and you and mentioned emotion gets in yeah. there, and you right. do think differently when you're thinking emotionally versus the facts, right? the research, the discussion. You know, in so. the, yeah. My concern having to do with, uh, uh, with a lot of the stuff that we have going on um, with our communities is that, you know, the more people who come out and see a meeting every once in a while, right. the better everything is. The I don't care where you are. You could be in Sarcoxy. You could be I in agree. Neosho or Joplin or Carterville. Mm-hmm. It's a seemingly the same cast of characters that show up week after week after week. And some of these are wonderful people that have great, caring things. There are some people who just love to... The drama. They love the they drama. Do. They want the pot. They yep. want to stir the pot. It's not they productive. Wanna, <laughs> they want to go out and do uh, scream bloody murder about something. Right. We and could you, be doing 10 things right, but you're not doing that right. Well, and know, of course, or, is, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I look at Carterville. I've grown up there. I've been there my whole life. And I do... I, of course, when you're young, you don't understand what's going on, um, but I really do see us on a good path. Um, oh, we are true. bringing our, you know, our offices are really, our finances are becoming really organized. One of the things as I came on council, the previous mayor started it and Alan continued it, is getting us out of debt. So, you know, we had, when we came on, there were a bunch of, oh, we've got a lease for this backhoe and got a lease for this bobcat. And we had a lease here and a lease there and yeah, everywhere. I think five and, or six different loans. And we just, when we pay that off, we doubled yeah. down, put that one on the next shortest one, pay it off. Yeah. And uh, our bank. And the Dave said, Ramsey. Plan. Well, and so yeah, by August of last year, we had them all paid off. We yeah, did take we did. out uh, a, one to do a project. Um, so we do have that payment, but we, you know, and of course bonds, we have a couple of bonds, but you know, that was one of the things that we all saw as a problem is, is running out and getting, you know, it's, it's very limited, you know, cities can't just go get a loan. So it's really a lease purchase. You kind of got to work this back thing because you, you can't really indebt the taxpayers. And you're not going to get a loan. They hadn't had it alone, right? Unless you have your financials current, right? And so we have such know- great financial standings now. We our bonds, even yep. um, we refinanced our bonds and saved the taxpayers a ton of money. So like the street bond, that's because we lowered the interest rate so much. They've not had a street bond payment for over two years. It comes on their real estate taxes. It it we saved so much money because we were able to take that very low interest, refinance that bond, save the money. So it's less to pay off in the end. I mean, it really, we did it with all of the bonds that we had. And I mean, those kind of things put the city in a great financial place. We have been, and we've been working with a local bank. And I mean, when we need money, we can go get it if we really need it. I mean, that's a great relationship to have because we pay our bills. We do what we say we're going to do. Yep. Yeah, I think I think it's great. Well, gang, thank you so much for taking time out and uh, educating us. And uh, and again, I think the most important thing is that all of us need to become more involved with our communities. I agree. 
It's uh, go out to a city council meeting. I understand there are, you know, it's uh, it's an inconvenient time. But just imagine there are people who volunteered to be on the city council of your community. Mm -hmm. They volunteered to be on the school board. They uh, they're not getting rich off of it. They're just going out to serve their community because they love their community. And and yeah, and they're not infallible either. Some of them make mistakes because, oh, they're humans. Uh, but they're there for the right reasons. But there are some that don't. Some people have an agenda. I'm not saying anything by specific, but even, you know, at our municipal level and the county level, we're mostly all conservative, but we're not all. You yeah, know, well, so, and again, but, uh, but again, the idea is that the most people that go out and see everything. Right. They will begin to see, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and there's the people that are perennially unhappy. Right. Uh, that, uh, and, and again, I, my line is run for office, do something, volunteer, see how that works. I put a little and, more bluntly than that. Didn't yeah. I? It's, uh, it, it just, because it's so important to go in if you care and love your community and love your stuff. There's ways to be involved with it, and the people who run for city council who march through neighborhoods. I got criticized because I did the Joplin City Council. I interviewed everybody, and I interviewed them the same way. Mm -hmm. No gotcha questions. Thank you for running. What a great candidate you are. And I got heavily criticized on a couple of the candidates. And I said, no, I'm not doing here. I'm not doing 60 minutes. I'm not doing gotcha politics that's not the role these are people who are volunteering to do now it's your decision to decide who you're going to vote for and someone said oh you're not a conservative i, I shut up <laughs> uh, i said i said these are people that are going out and care about our community to go out and do this and if you don't like one candidate, don't vote for them. Well, I don't care. Truthfully, in local politics, it doesn't come back to conservative or liberal. It really doesn't. It's 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 more about money and getting along with your neighbor. So we've had a variety of people on our council that are not necessarily down the same political lines. Right. The politics are really not in the local level as much. I yeah. don't think the national politics. Um, um, I I really believe people want the same thing most of the time. And I think that when you get them together, I'm really big about, I want to look at each other in the eye around a table and talk about things. And I, it's difficult for me in council because we sit on a, oh, there's a fancy name for it. But, you know, we sit on those and we can't see each other. And then we look out. I, I, I really would like to sit around a table. You know, at Airport Drive, I went to theirs the other day. They actually sit around a table in a living room yeah. in that house. It's their city hall. Yeah. And I really admired that because they can. you can see each other. You can see the body language. You can talk. I think people are more frank and they'll be more honest that way. Yeah. Well, we're but, not a horseshoe. Uh, but an airport drive, across, uh, yeah. you know, you have Kara there. And, we do have and, Kara there. And, uh, <laughs> and she's going it, to, uh, I'll say a lot of things about people, but uh, yeah, Kara, yeah, you don't want to mess around with her. <laughs> uh, Chris Henkel, Henkel's Ace Hardware, Mayor Pro Tem of the city of Carterville, the host of Henkel's home inside and out remember it's always chris and john not john and chris <laughs> it could be either yeah i know i, I like i like <laughs> i like poking the bear and uh, alan griffin who is the mayor who's also the chair of the jasper county republicans mm -hmm. who is uh these are good people and alan occasionally uh wins a pizza buffet at simple simon's pizza I've got one I'm yeah move to on. carterville if you're looking for a place we'd love to have you i mean carterville's growing and we're great people check us out Hey, yeah, of course. Again, thank you. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. All right, bye.